Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. About 48,000 union-backed employees of the University of California remain on strike this morning. At UC Merced, the system's newest campus, employees are calling on the UC regions to raise wages so they can afford housing. KVPR's Esther Quintanilla reports. Merced County is one of the most inexpensive places to live in the state. But with inflation and the rising cost of rent, the financial burden for student employees is too much to bear. It used to be very cheap to be able to rent apartments here. And now it's not that way anymore. That's Albert Benedetto. He's a graduate student studying physics and makes just over $38,000 a year as a teaching assistant. He and the union are demanding salary increases up to $54,000 a year for academic student employees, $70,000 for postdoctorate students, and $33 an hour for undergraduate employees. Ivy Pipersburg makes nearly $18 an hour as a writing tutor. Even though she gets paid higher than the minimum wage, she says it's just not enough to make ends meet. I can only imagine what it's like to be in a Berkeley or to be at an L.A. or to be at a Santa Barbara where they're really feeling it. Negotiations between the union and the university have been ongoing since last year. The UC has made counteroffers saying it's, quote, responsive to union priorities. For the California Report... I'm Esther Quintanilla in Merced. More than 100 miles north, reporter Jean Zamora introduces us to one of the strikers at UC Berkeley. It's being called the biggest academic strike in the history of American higher education and the largest work stoppage in the U.S. this year. Strikers, represented by the United Auto Workers, are disrupting businesses on UC campuses at a pivotal time in the semester. Isaac Crone is a Ph.D. candidate that studies reptiles. Right now, uh, as a graduate student researcher, uh, I'm working on publishing several papers with my lab, some of my own research, and just uh, you know, trying to actually do the work uh, to get the PhD, which I haven't been able to do because I've had to teach every semester to get money. He says that he can't afford to rent an apartment of his own with his salary. He makes about $24,000 a year in a city where, according to Zillow, the average rent is nearly $3,000 a month. So Crone rents a room, kind of. I pay like a little over 800 a month, but I also like, I have to set up a room because I live in a, a front room with no like door on it. I had to set up a wall for that and I've been living there for, for four years because if I move anyplace else, my rent will be half of my income. The strikers have a long list of demands, including transit reimbursement and childcare payments. 
But Crone says higher wages tops the list for just about everyone he's picketing with. The strike is open-ended, so the negotiating and striking could go on for days, maybe even weeks. Out here, uh, everyone out here is prepared to last one day longer than the university can last. For its part, the UC system put out a statement that it's committed to continuing negotiations and that it recognizes the important contributions of its academic workers, like Crone. For the California Report, I'm Jean Zamora in Berkeley. UC faculty are not the only workers carrying picket signs today. Fast food workers are demonstrating across California as well. They are trying to call attention to the restaurant industry's attempt to block AB 257, also known as the Fast Recovery Act, which Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law on Labor Day. The law gives fast food workers a place on a newly formed 10-person committee made up of workers, franchise owners, lawmakers, and other stakeholders who will decide wages and working conditions. Angelica Hernandez has worked at McDonald's restaurants for 18 years to help support her family and plans to protest today. Por eso yo por la AB257 he hecho de todo, he salido a huelga, he hecho complaint, he quedado a dormir afuera del Capitolio. She says this is why she's done all she can to get AB257 passed. She's gone on strike, filed complaints, even slept outside of the Capitol steps and left her family for days to fight for this law. Almost as soon as AB257 was signed in September, opponents filed paperwork to put a referendum on the ballot that would prevent the landmark law from being implemented. To qualify as a measure on the 2024 statewide ballot, referendum organizers must collect over 620,000 signatures, and they have to do it by December 4th. If they succeed, AB257 will be paused until that election, and it will be business as usual for fast food restaurants and coffee chains, and for workers like Hernandez. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Turning to immigration, change is coming to the U.S.-Mexico border in our region. Starting today, Mexican immigration officers on that side of the border of San Isidro will check U.S.-bound travelers' documents. While the move could help speed up crossings, it may impact those seeking asylum. KCRW's Kaylee Wells has the details. The idea is to filter out travelers lacking necessary documents before they cross into the United States. That's traditionally been handled by U.S. border officials, but Mexico hopes that if it starts shouldering some of that work, then the U.S. can redirect staff members to other travel lanes, allowing Mexican commuters to cross more quickly. Immigration and human rights advocates are concerned over what the temporary change in policy could mean for asylum seekers who may get stopped by the extra checks. Mexican officials say anyone who doesn't have the proper documents will get processed at a Mexican immigration station, and asylum seekers typically need to make it onto U.S. soil to request protection. For now, the change at the border is a pilot program slated to expire January 15th. For The California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles. That's the California Report for Tuesday, November 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation. 
investing in California's underserved youth. Stanford HealthCare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid. And I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!